this morning. It's the last Mass of Advent, and so the readings for this morning are still part of the Advent preparation for the coming of the Messiah. And as we look today in our first reading from the book of second book of Samuel, what we see here is how God, who promised David to set up a throne, the Davidic throne into eternity by the gift of a son, a special descendant in a line of Davidic, Davidic lineage and see how it comes about. Okay, so if we look at here, what do we see in the situation? King David um, was quite successful as a king. He eliminated all the opposition, all the enemies who were attacking the people of God, and he created peace. And now he looks at himself. He's got a beautiful house built of cedar, beautiful house. And he sees that God, God, which is the, the, the Ark of a Covenant, the Word of God, that God's place is only a tent. And he feels guilty. He feels guilty. He wants to do something for, for the Lord. God, who has been so much a blessing to him in every way, he received so many blessings, and he wants to do something special. So he talks to and consults a prophet, Nathan. And, and Nathan, you know, in that human way, Responds quickly. He says, David says, I would wish to build a temple. And he says, yes, go ahead. This will be very appropriate for you, especially since you do feel guilty that you've done everything. God has blessed you so much, and you have not given him a beautiful place to dwell in. But then during the night, Nathan is inspired by the Lord and says, no, no, this is not what the Lord wishes. And so he goes back to the King David and tells him, the Lord not, does not wish that. And there's a beautiful words which the Lord speaks to, uh, to uh, the Lord speaks to David through Nathan the prophet. He says, here I am living in a house of cedar while the Ark of Covenant dwells in tent. This is the words, this is the word of, of David. But then what the Lord says to, through Nathan to David is, go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, should you build me a house to dwell in? And then the Lord describes how he blessed David. He says, it was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. As you know, remember the, the sling and Goliath and become king. And here it is, God gave him these gifts. And then further he says, I have been with you wherever you went and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I'll make you famous like the great ones on the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Promise of God to David. And then he continues. He says, and the Lord says to him, I will give you rest from all your enemies, and then he says, the Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. It is not David who will build a house for the Lord, but it's God who will establish a house for David in a Davidic line. 
And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, when you pass away, after that I will raise up your heir after you sprung from your loins, and I'll make his kingdom firm. I'll be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. This is a prophetic utterance through, of God through the prophet Nathan to David and to all the people of God at that time. It was from this moment there was an expectation of a messianic figure in the people of God, messianic figure in the line of David, the expectation of a Messiah. Who is he to be? Other prophets would speak about him, that, that the Holy Spirit will dwell within him. He'll be anointed, anointed with power, taking care of the poor, broken, all those, that he will come and redeem the people. What we see here in that first reading is how important it is for God, not a building, but people, persons. Now we can build a beautiful temple, but the, ultimately the only temple that God wishes for us is that we become the beautiful temple, that we become the true temple of God because we are the ones who carry God in our hearts. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Trinity, it is within our heart that God dwells. Yes, in a special way, he's here in the Eucharistic species, God who is present in the Eucharist, but that Eucharist comes to us. It can come each day. We become the possession of the gift of God himself. That is this, the great significance to this prophetic utterance like by prophet Nathan, is that people are important. And this is how it is through human beings, through the prophets, and ultimately through the Blessed Virgin Mary, that God becomes present, that he becomes entrance into our world, into a world of historical, world at the same time, assuming our human nature, becoming one of us, manifesting the divinity in human form, manifesting divinity, Father's love through the words, through actions, through activity of the Son of God, and ultimately offering his life on the cross for us and for our salvation. He came to this world. So the first important aspect here is the emphasis on how God wishes to bestow special extraordinary graces on us human beings in the person of David, in the person of Blessed Mother, in the person of Zachariah, as we shall see, in the persons of each one of us. We are to be the carriers of God. God continues his mission. God continues his revelation through us. He wants to empower us to be like the sons and daughter of God. We are the carriers of the message. We are the, the very place where God bestows blessings upon us, just as he has done through the person of David. He continues, because that is his mission. He has physical evidence, buildings, yes. However, the most important temple is we. We are the most important temple of God because he wants to have the fullness of divinity dwell in us. 
to prepare us for eternity. The gospel today is a beautiful prayer of Zechariah, the father, remember. Zechariah reminds us of us, this you know, present day mentality, questions. He says, okay, well, I'm too old. My wife is too old. It's not, not possible to have a child. He's not thinking in categories of grace. He's not thinking categories of, of blessings from God. He's kind of like we today, we'll, we've kind of doubt. Can God really do it? Look, the world is in bad shape. You can get be very pessimistic about the outlook, the difficulties that we have to face, with the economy, with this political discourse, uh, you know, the, the mani manipulations, lies, everything else is all, all present. And so we can get discouraged, there's war going on. We can get discouraged, and yet that which God gives through Zechariah is a sign. Zechariah did not accept, did not believe, and yet God still gave him the gift because he loves the humanity more than, than us as, as human beings. Yes, we can participate or we may forget to say yes to God, we may not accept, and yet God's grace is not deterred, is not blocked by lack of faith. He will still give us because he pour for, pours forth the grace and love we may not accept it ourselves, and yet it's still available. Because God's generosity, God's love, God's mercy is never, never limited by us. We may not participate in it, and yet the ocean of grace is with us. We may not be able to take a picture and receive that, that those waters of grace from the ocean, because we don't choose to do so, and yet it's available to us. And so this is what Zechariah today, we see that, yes, he lacked his faith, and yet God still gives him a sign. That sign is that, that he was not able to speak for a while, but at the end, he uh, manifested that faith. Yes, his name shall be John, because the grace of God is more powerful. That is, that is the name of John. The grace is at work. And this is what, what his name shall be instead of Zechariah after the father. And then what we see is once John the Baptist is born, Zechariah is filled with, with the Holy Spirit, as the scripture says. And he says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. He already sees, he already believes in, a, in Jesus. He already believes because Mary spent time with them. Mary spent three months before the birth of, of, uh, of John the Baptist. Mary shared with them what happened to her. So Zechariah already knows. He's anticipating in the womb of Our Lady. Yes, three months into pregnancy, in the womb of Our Lady, he already believes. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. He already believes already believes that he has come, and he already believes that he has set them free. This is, this is the faith of Zechariah filled with the Holy Spirit. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of his servant David. Once again, he realizes the fulfillment of the promise. He accepts on faith that which 
uh, the Lord spoke to through David by through uh, prophet Nathan. So. Blessed be the Lord, because he has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. And then he continues through his prophets, holy prophets. He promised of old that he would save us from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. Enemies, not only human beings as enemies, but spiritual enemies, demons, uh, spiritual enemies of us. You know, the brokenness within our own hearts, pride and all kinds of capital sins, the enemies within us, which are trying to pull us away from grace, from, 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 from relationship with God. Why is he blessing the Lord? Because he promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, and he has done so. He promised, and he's fulfilling it in the very moment as he speaks. And this is the, he continues, he says, it was already the oath he swore to our father Abraham 2,000 years before. He promised already through Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear. Today, how many people are afraid even to worship publicly in any way because of pressures, because of criticism, because of woke uh, whole agenda, uh, fear, worry? No. Zechariah says, no, we already received that promise, and he's fulfilling his, this promise, this freedom, internal freedom, to do anything that the Lord desires as we attune ourselves to him, allow the Holy Spirit to come, allow his gifts to come. And, and one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is, is courage, courage, strength to be able to do what we do and desire, and especially to worship him without fear. And then not only that, he says that we may also be holy and righteous in the sight. God is giving us the gift of holiness because that holiness comes from God. These are gifts of God. We are not holy by ourselves, not by actions that we do, but by the gifts we receive from God being divinized. That's the gift of God. It is through the coming of the Son of God, as, as Zechariah already anticipates and sees. Yes, Jesus is in the womb of Our Lady, three months into the womb, and Zechariah already sees all. He sees and he proclaims and he understands and he glorifies God. And he is grateful to God for the gifts that he has already give, uh, given to us especially by the gift of his son, for he has raised up for us a mighty savior born of the house of his servant David. And then he also realizes that even though his son was just born, but he already, already thanks the father. He says, you, my child, shall be called the prophet of the most high, for you'll go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. He already in a prophetic way, he understands the prophecies concerning uh, the, the precursor, the one who will come, the messenger before. He understands the Old Testament prophecies about his son, and he knows this. And this is once again, he is the one who's, who's, who's not only acknowledging but praising God. Because why? Because in the tender and compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. 
to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. It is not only through his Son who is preparing it, but the indent compassion, which means mercy of God. The dawn from on high shall break upon us the light of glory. And this is the dawn shall, shall shine brightly. That's tonight as we begin Christmas. The light from, from the Lord, the light, the light, guiding light that led the, the Magi to the, to the, to, to the, to the, Beth, to Bethlehem, to the uh, crash, to the original manger. That's where Jesus was. And so this is what we have. How can we distrust? How can we not really accept that which God prepares for us? Yes, we do limit ourselves by not allowing grace to take hold of us, but we need Our Lady to help us out. She's the one who has said yes in every way. She's the one who's teaching us how to say, let it be done to me according to your word. She's the one under whom we can safely remain in our faith, and she can help us out. You know how many people have consecrated themselves to Our Lady? How many people have done so? When we say that, we say, prepare me to receive the Lord. Allow me to see the Lord through your eyes under the umbrella of the grace that you have received. Allow me to hear his words. Allow me to welcome him into my heart. Help me to see the Holy Trinity dwelling in my heart. Help me to understand my own faith I place my difficulties and problems, the extraordinary, sometimes complications of life, I place it under you. You know how to cooperate with grace. You have received the fullness of grace. And I think today, especially as we anticipate the coming of the Son of God, that we may allow her to take us by our hand and lead us to the mystery of the incarnation, to the mystery of God becoming one of us, to the mystery of God's love being fully visible in human way, in the Son of God, born of a, of, of a mother, born of the one who loves us, born into a new reality called heaven. Maybe then as we continue with this sacred liturgy, whereby we know that the Lord is coming to us, May we welcome him sacramentally as he's present, and then also rejoice tonight as we commemorate his historical coming, as we walk the mysteries of our faith so that we may receive the superabundance of grace, transforming grace into being God's children, men and women, daughters and sons of God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. 
Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.